Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Uncovered podcast. I'm Lisa, registered associate nutritionist, author, and a PhD student. The aim of this podcast is to provide you with evidence-based nutrition and health information, support you on your journey towards better health and better relationship with food and your body. If you need support with nutrition and health coaching, details are in the show notes. Here is this episode. Why improving your relationship with food can improve your gut health. So we're going to be talking about the relationship between what we eat, the relationship to food, and gut health. Now, the reason why this is the topic for today's episode is because I have been working in the area of gut health, gut microbiome, for the past three years, actually more, three and a half years. And I mean, gut health is fascinating. I absolutely love it. I did my master's uh, thesis on gut health and now with my PhD, uh, my PhD is also related to gut health. So I absolutely love the topic. So over the past three and a half years, I was working in the area of gut health, i.e. consulting uh, people, coaching people on improving diet and nutrition in order to improve gut health. And I was noticing that sometimes people are trying to improve gut health being a bit too restrictive. And this is where being restrictive with your diet can actually do the opposite of improving your gut health. And so I wanted to dedicate a whole episode on discussing a little bit more in details on what is the relationship between a healthy relationship with food, disordered eating, and gut health. Because these things, and predominantly we'll be talking about disordered eating and gut health, these two things are really connected, and sometimes it's not obvious how they're connected. So I wanted to uh, talk about this today. So let's first um, talk about what is actually disordered eating. Because disordered eating is not the same as eating disorders. So unlike eating disorders, which are defined by a set of narrow criteria, disordered eating doesn't have an official definition. There are no strict criterias for diagnosing disordered eating. In fact, there is no such thing as a diagnosed disordered eating right? But there are diagnosed eating disorders like anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, etc. So it typically refers to disordered eating is typically referring to an unhealthy relationship with food, as well as a range of abnormal eating behaviors, such as, for example, having really strict and rigid food rules, skipping meals, um, doing crash diets, fat diets, like really, really short-term fixes, cleanses, etc. Also things like obsessively tracking calories uh, is also part of disordered eating. And unfortunately, disordered eating has become quite common over the past maybe 10 years. And it's partly as a result of normalization of dieting and normalization of weight loss, no matter what. So pursuing weight loss at the expense of health. And the main difference between disordered eating 
and an eating disorder is that disordered eating is broader term. And so you don't need to meet strict diagnostic criteria in order to have disordered eating behaviors. And also they're quite, mm, they can be quite unnoticeable in a way just because the symptoms are not as severe or the behaviors are not as noticeably severe as they are with eating disorders. But disordered eating actually is more common than eating disorders. So there is more research on eating disorders rather than disordered eating. And it's mostly because eating disorders are easier to define. It's harder uh, in research to define criteria of how do we assess, how do we measure disordered eating behaviors. So a lot of the things that I'm going to be talking about today regarding gut health can be applied to eating disorders, but I will be mostly referring to disordered eating. So more sort of broader, less specified criteria of eating behavior. So there is a link between eating behaviors, relationship with food, and gut health. First of all, what is gut health? So gut health is, again, quite a broad term, but essentially it, it, it encompasses the health related to the digestive tract. And very often these days, it's referred to microbiota, gut microbiota, gut microbiome, which is the bacteria or not just bacteria, but different microorganisms that live inside of our gut and predominantly in the large intestine. So what is the link between relation with food and gut health? The link exists in both directions, meaning gut health can affect our eating behaviors and our eating behaviors can affect our gut health or gut microbiota. So how disordered eating might be affecting microbiota? Disordered eating can put pressure on the microbiota, i.e. the microbes in the gut, by changing nutrient availability for the microbes and the environment for the microbes. So what does it mean? So it means that uh, some behaviors in, for, in terms of disordered eating, let's say, Skipping meals, let's say lack of nutrients, or let's say fasting, or maybe using laxatives. These things can change the environment in the gut where the microbes live and therefore affecting the microbes themselves. And some changes have been observed uh, in uh, mostly actually eating disorders like anorexia nervosa just because there is more research in this area. So some uh, changes have been observed that there is lower diversity in microbiota in people who have eating disorders, disordered eating behaviors. And this is can be related to the fact that usually on a restrictive diet, uh, people are eating low variety of foods and low variety of beneficial foods such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans and lentils, so our plant-based foods that we know are really, really good for our gut bacteria. For example, one study on anorexia nervosa found that diversity was lower in individuals who were using also laxatives. So laxatives are not really good thing when we're talking about microbiota. This is important. So we know that the diversity of the microbiome is one of the, well, if not the main marker of microbiome health. So higher diversity means better gut health. And if you have a very restrictive diet, 
That means that there is potentially lack of beneficial nutrients that are available for the microbes themselves. And therefore, as a, as a result, as a result of various um, processes in the, in the gut, the microbiota diversity can reduce. And that's not a good thing. So it's worth mentioning that gut issues are quite common in those with disordered eating. Restrictive eating and under-eating can lead to not providing enough nutrients or under-fueling the digestive tract, digestive system, and digestive muscles can therefore become weaker. Because remember that your uh, digestive system, your gut, it's a muscle. Uh, it's muscle that needs to be regularly working. And when we have regular food intake, that means that the muscles are also contracting and they're doing the job via peristalsis. However, when there is restrictive diet and the and you're not getting enough nutrients and just not enough volume of food, that can mean that it will affect the muscles of the digestive system and they can become weaker and that's not a good thing. So feeling overly full and uncomfortable is also quite common in the process of healing the relationship with food and moving away from disordered eating and working on the uh, disordered eating behaviors. So it, it is quite common to, in, in the beginning, in the first period, when you work on your relationship with food, to feel some level of discomfort. But just know that it is quite normal and uh, remind yourself that you need to be eating regularly. And that actually leads me to my next point about regular eating. Eating regular meals and snacks is much better for digestion than fasting or skipping meals or having irregular, erratic meal patterns. So eating regular meals is recommended to reducing gut issues, even in, for example, IBS. A very important thing when it comes to improving your relationship with food and gut health is focusing on consistency and balance. Disordered eating is the opposite of balance and flexibility and choice and freedom. But actually, these things are quite often overlooked, even when we're talking about gut health. Having a good gut health also means not having very strict food rules. And this is what I notice sometimes with my clients is... Uh, there is this sort of misunderstanding that, oh, if I want to have good and healthy microbiome and diverse microbiome, I need to be very strict with my diet. Well, actually, it's quite often the opposite. Microbes love diversity. And I will be talking about this in the future episodes, but this is really the key. Microbes love diversity of foods, predominantly the diversity of plant-based foods, but not just those, it's also having freedom and flexibility with your diet. And it's eating also processed foods as well and just enjoying. Because it's very important to nourish your gut with regular, adequate, balanced and varied meals throughout the whole day. And this will help to reduce gut symptoms that are related to disordered eating habits. Eating enough means that your digestive system can be properly fueled and 
it doesn't need to slow down in order to sort of save the energy and save the calories that are needed for very important functions of the body like temperature regulation, brain health, the brain working, right? Next important point that I wanted to, to raise, to highlight is chewing your food well and taking the time to eat your meals properly. I know that it might not be always easy and feasible and available to have, you know, long lunch break, for example. That's fine. But whenever you do have time to eat in peace, whenever you do have that half an hour to just sit with your food, use that. Use it for your advantage because chewing your food well is also very often overlooked. And it's a very important part when we're talking about things like managing bloating, improving digestion, improving satiety, because chewing is a very important part of feeling comfortably full and feeling full, um, sort of feeling fullness gradually rather than, oh, I, I feel hungry, 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 and then I'm suddenly very full. So that's why chewing your food is really, really important. And it can really make a difference in terms of your uh, in terms of how well you digest your food. It's also important to understand that different sort of quote-unquote diet foods and filler foods and low-calorie foods, they actually are typically not very good for the gut. Not for the gut health, not for the gut microbes. And it's because these foods are typically, so they can be things like sweeteners or for example very high amounts of fiber now fiber is really important but there is such thing as too much fiber so we don't want to be eating excess amounts of fiber just because sort of we want to fill up our stomachs to feel physically full but not getting enough nutrients so be mindful about the sort of adequate amount of fiber rather than as much fiber as possible type of thinking Things like caffeine and uh, drinks, like carbonated drinks with sweeteners, they might not be the best thing for gut health. Now, speaking of sweeteners, the jury is still out there with regards to how benign they are. They are probably not benign. They're probably not completely... Um, well, the thing is, they are safe, right? They They are definitely safe in terms of the tolerable limits and in terms of they're not they're not going to give give you cancer like you know there are some uh, some myths out there but there is uh, with regards to the microbiome with the gut with regards to gut health there is still debate there is still unclear uh, inconclusive evidence whether sweeteners and different types of sweeteners are they completely fine completely safe or maybe we should be careful with those in terms of the microbiome. Because so far, there is some evidence suggesting that uh, consuming sweeteners can sort of alter and change the microbiome composition. But change doesn't necessarily mean, mean bad change. It could be neutral change. So it's it's hard to be very definitive with regards to sweeteners. But what I will say for now is just be mindful of the fact that if you're eating, for example, not eating, chewing a lot of chewing gum with sweeteners or you are drinking a lot of 
drinks with um, sweeteners and you are having gut symptoms like bloating and, and poor digestion, just be mindful that it might be those things. So maybe it could be worth to try and reduce or remove them for for some time from the diet and and then observing how you feel. So I mentioned chewing gum. Now, chewing too much gum can cause you to swallow a lot of air, which might result in bloating. So I actually used to do this mistake. So there was a period of time where I was chewing a lot of chewing gum and I was getting more bloated than usual. And I was like, what is going on? This is not typical to me. And then I thought actually it might be really the, uh, well, it's actually two things, the sweeteners in the chewing gum and the actual fact that when you're chewing, you might be swallowing, uh, swallowing a lot of air, which can contribute to bloating. Another important point that can be often overlooked is this. Disordered eating habits, like overeating, binging, restricting your food intake, can result in poor mental health and can negatively affect the gut and worsen gut symptoms. Now, whenever it comes to mental health, I want to be very clear that it's very complicated. There is, a, you know, mental health, there is a lot of complexity around mental health, but we do know that our food and nutrition and eating habits can affect our mental well-being and vice versa. Our mental health, our mental well-being can affect our eating choices, our eating behavior, etc. So there is this sort of bi-directional relationship. But what you need to remember, and what I would like you to remember, is that these things are connected. And whenever we're talking about improving gut health, we also need to remember about stress. So stress can negatively affect gut health, gut symptoms. And having a very restrictive diet is a form of stress. Now, it's not typically looked at as a stress, but it is. When you're underfueling your body and when you are preoccupied with food, and uh, I talked about unhealthy relationship with food and healthy relationship with food in the previous episode. So if you want to get more detailed information on that, then listen to that episode. But overall, um, unhealthy relationship with food is a form of stress. And stress is not good for the gut health. So I hope you see how there is that connection between these two things between your eating behavior, your relationship with food, and gut health. So disordered eating and gut issues can often lead to an, sort of this endless cycle of stress. For example, you might be always stressing about the food that you're eating, the weight gain. You're constantly checking every day your, your weight, then you weigh yourself. And this can trigger digestive issues. Like, gut is such a sensitive area in our bodies. And for some people, it is more sensitive than for others. For example, for people with IBS, uh, their gut is more sensitive or hypersensitive than in people without IBS. And so stress can really affect it. So again, disordered eating is a stress, a stressor. And that in turn can cause you to worry about these subsequent digestive systems. So there is this chain of events. 
the stress about food and diet and having a perfect diet and, and being very meticulous about your food tracking and, and things like that is a stress and that can affect the gut health and that can, as a consequence, cause more stress. So it becomes this like sort of vicious cycle, right? And research has shown that there is a significant connection between IBS and gut-brain axis. And gut-brain axis being the two-way connection between your gut and the brain. Because essentially IBS is very much related to the gut-brain axis. So it's the relation between the gut and the brain. So stressing about food less can make a big difference to your gut health, as this organ is extremely sensitive to stress. And when you make peace with food, when you heal your relation with food, you might end up eating a higher variety of foods, which your bacteria absolutely love. And very often as well, what I noticed, sometimes people think that they have some specific sensitivities, or so many different sensitivities to different foods, whereas it might actually be that they are so strict with the diet and the food is so limited and the food choices are so limited so that there is this perceived sort of sensitivity to different food items. But this might not be because of the actual food sensitivities, but more because of the very limited food choices, which then lead to this perception of having food sensitivity whenever you add some foods that you are not very used to. Because this is also a very important point. Gut bacteria, they can really adapt to different foods. But what happens is if, for example, you don't eat uh, a lot of different foods, let's say you never eat beans, and then you suddenly start eating beans, you might be experiencing digestive discomfort. But that is not because you are uh, sensitive or you have intolerance to those foods. No, it might be just because you are, your gut is not really used to that food. And all it, you need is to um, eat this food, the beans, in smaller quantities for some period of time, for a couple of weeks. So you sort of introduce these foods to your microbes. They get adapted and it all becomes much easier and much better in terms of you tolerating this food that you thought you might have had sensitivity to. So really important point. Regularly listening to your hunger and fullness signals is also really important because learning to identify your physical signs of fullness and hunger are part of having a healthy relation with food and also healthy gut health. Challenging the food critic, or in other words, disordered eating voice in your head, or the food police, food police that always tells you, oh, this is bad, this is bad food, this is guilty food, or you, you shouldn't eat this, this is really not good for you, or you will not lose weight if you're going to eat this food. This sort of commentary in your head that you are having is also not really beneficial, because that makes you more feel more guilty, more per preoccupied with food and that in and of itself is a is a stress stress for you and stress for your gut health so bear that in mind that your gut health is not just what you actually put in your gut what you eat it's actually also your the way you perceive the way you think about food and your attitude towards the food 
So a couple of more points on what is important when we're talking about building a healthy relationship with food and gut health. So monitoring your fluid intake is extremely important. Uh, making sure you're hydrated enough. Getting enough sleep. Do you know, like, can you relate to this? Whenever you don't have enough sleep, whenever you have to travel or you have a jet lag, does your digestion change? With a lot of my clients, I notice that it is. And with myself, actually, personally as well. Whenever I don't sleep enough, my digestion can be really off the next day. Movement. Gentle movement, regular movement is also really important for your gut health. So we're not talking about running marathons every day, but we're talking about having regular, consistent routine with your movement, getting your steps in, doing some strength exercises, some yoga. So there is some evidence suggesting that chronic stress can be related to reduced diversity of microbiota. And and that's another mechanism by which the psychological aspects of disordered eating can influence microbiota. So let's summarize. Overall, what we we know so far from research and from uh, what I can say from my uh, experience is that healthy gut microbiota, it's not just about what you actually put in your body, but it's also your relationship to food. Having a higher diversity of foods, i.e. having no strict food rules, no strict diets, having a variety of foods that you eat can really help to support your gut health. It can help to diversify the uh, bacteria that live in your gut. It can help to create a beneficial environment in the gut so that you can be better at digestion and absorbing the nutrients that you are putting in your body. Chewing your food is really important. Moving your body regularly is important. Eating regular meals and snacks is really important for good digestion. It's better than things like fasting and... Or you know like these things when you fast and then you overeat. Fast and overeat. This is definitely not good for your gut. What is much better is regular intervals of food and snacks. Especially if you're working on healing your relationship with food and establishing healthy food patterns and healthy relationship with food. And also try to be mindful of the quote-unquote diet foods and low-calorie foods and things like chewing gums, fizzy drinks and things like that. Fiber is important, but be mindful not to be eating too much fiber because it can cause extreme gas and bloating. So I hope this was helpful. If you feel like you need support with your nutrition, establishing a healthy relationship with food, healthy eating patterns, please reach out to me. I will be very happy to help if I will be able to help. And follow the podcast. I'm trying to be more regular here, uh, uploading every week or every two weeks. I hope you're finding these episodes useful. So please follow so that you don't miss future episodes on tips on how to build healthy relationship with food and generally health and well-being. And if you're ready for coaching support, all the details are in the show notes. Bye!